Good morning. I'm Lauren Anders-Brown, an independent documentary filmmaker. Being behind the camera in over 40 countries has resulted in hours, days, terabytes of footage. So much of what happens to make a shoot possible ends up on the metaphorical cutting room floor. Most of my editing used to take place in planes and trains, or whatever available coffee shop had a decent filter single origin coffee, and always used by the hashtag today's office. Now, I'm picking up the scraps, reviewing old interviews, and scrolling through my social media to give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it is like to travel, produce, film, direct, and record alone as my own correspondent. It's February 2019, and I'm wrapping up my workday, ceremoniously closing my laptop on my table to reveal the twinkling view of the City of London. As I leave my office, moving from my table to my bedroom, a message pings to my phone. Do you want to go to a shoot in Liberia? It's my good friend and first documentary patron, Saren, who runs a football organization in Liberia in West Africa. Sure, what are the dates? Eh, sometime before the end of March, she replies. I begin working backwards from the end of March, with a two-week shoot in Lebanon and some commitments in London that only leaves next week. Could her team there prepare for me to come out next week? It was Wednesday, after all. I realize there's an opportunity too good to pass up, though. I could do some research for an interactive film that I wanted to do on Ebola and also get content for Saren. To most, this probably sounds extremely unrealistic and impossible, but to us, this conversation is pretty standard for Saren and I. While she goes and follows up with her team, I begin the painful process of looking at the hoops and ladders I need to jump through and climb to get a Liberia visa. Yellow fever certificate, check. Nothing saying that they wouldn't take an American passport. Yes, that can be an issue if you're outside your home country. No proof of flights required, check. But I do need an invitation letter, check. A money order from a post office, check. And two passport photos. The one benefit is they did do a one-day turnaround. But it was Wednesday. What were the embassy office hours? Of course, not on Friday, which leaves just tomorrow until 11 a.m. Before I could even reopen the message on my phone to message Siren, she had already pinged me to say that her team could, of course, support me in a shoot next week. I fired out another email on my Ebola interactive film idea, since that had to be fast-tracked from brainstorming to a more logistical conversation, and should happen first thing tomorrow morning before I began the visa process to know whether I should be getting a single entry or multiple entry visa. After I press send on that email, I printed off the passport application and went to bed, completely forgetting to remind Saren I needed the invitation letter to apply. It's 9 a.m. and I'm about to jump on a Zoom call, back in the day when that was still a novelty. Downing some coffee, I quickly messaged Saren, who was about five hours behind me, that I needed that letter for the whole idea to go ahead. Zooming through the next hour, I get approvals to explore the idea of doing an interactive film on Ebola, and for once, having an early rising toddler meant that Saren was up, read the email, sent me the letter so I could print it out and hop on the tube again back in the day. Oxford Circus at its best was 30 minutes from me, but I still had to take passport photos, get a money order, and make it to the embassy. 
I think the only worst passport photo I've ever taken was when I was intentionally instructed to wear no makeup, tie my hair back, and wear a turtleneck for an application to Angola. And that was rejected anyway. I remember how bright and sunny it was. It was perfect weather for doing a marathon sprint across Fitzrovia to the Liberia Embassy. And catching my breath as I waited the woman on the other side to tell me I had forgotten something. I wasn't allowed to do this. I didn't pay this thing properly. Um, you know, the sky was upside down today. Any myriad of excuses as to why I couldn't get a visa. And instead, she just very simply looked at me and said back, come back after 1 p.m. I was excited, I was exhausted, and I hadn't even purchased my plane ticket yet. I flew out on a Sunday. I would say I stayed overnight, but it was really just mere hours since I arrived at 4 a.m. At the new posh hotel across from the airport, which meant that it had electricity, air conditioning, and breakfast in the morning. I was picked up by the National Director and Programmer for Life and Change Experience Through Sports, James, and his co-worker, Pastor Roberts. With about five hours of sleep, we hit the road to Kakata, where Laces was currently running football programming for street children. We spent a couple of hours in the car. I'm always grateful when I can be in the front seat since I usually get carsick and it's closer to the air vents, something very important to keep in mind in Africa. We arrived in Kakata, a bustling market town selling food, used their surplus clothing, knockoff shoes, backpacks, they're always an expensive item, and most electronics can be sourced. It also has a large concentration of street children, usually not visible during the day, but working their way through the night with no safe place to go and struggling for a way to survive. There's been a cycle of children left to the streets in Liberia. When the 14-year civil war ended in 2003, there was severe trauma for everyone and families could not trust the child soldiers to return to their homes. Then in 2014, the Ebola virus left many children orphaned and stigmatized. In 2019, too many children are left on the streets, some because they have no families, some because their families don't want them, because they may be Ebola survivors, and some want them but can't afford to feed them, so they force them out of their homes. The drive had us arrive in time for lunch at the world's best restaurant. And yes, that was actually the name of the restaurant. It's considered the best and therefore the most expensive place to eat in Kakata. It costs just $5 a meal for fried greens. Fried greens are the tops of potatoes that one would think are usually inedible and discarded when harvesting potatoes. In Liberia, they cut them up, fry them with some spice, sometimes add fish or chicken, and plop them on top of rice to mix together. In 2014, I was not a fan of fried greens. In 2018, I was not a fan of fried greens. But maybe I felt 2019 would be my year. In 2019, I was still not a fan of fried greens. True to their word, the LACES staff lined up more children, community members, and coaches to interview than questions I had been prepared for. We found a quiet, deserted building to interview in, something that is rare to find a quiet, 
and empty anything in West Africa. And we had a hugely successful first day for what was only intended to be a couple of interviews for a three-minute film. But my favorite interview from that trip would come the next day with a young woman who shared the same last name as me. She didn't live on the street anymore, but her time on the street was harder than most and came with real consequences. At age 17, Charletta was already a mother. We were sitting outside the home where she rented a room. Inside the house was too dark to film. There were people around, but mostly at the back washing clothes when she told me her story. Sometimes it can be a challenge to have people trust me and my camera. And sometimes I can have a chatty Charletta. The bigger challenge was turning on my equipment to capture it before she finished it all and felt like she had nothing left to say. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right, so I'm going to have you look just at me like this, okay? All right. Can you please tell me your name? My name is Chas Edward Brown. And how old are you? I am 17 years of age. And where do you live? I live at the Madingo Quattro community. And uh, and can you say in Kakata? I live at the Majingo Kakata City, Maggie County. How long have you lived here? For the time I was born, for so long. Um, and what, when did you join Laces? 2014. I joined Laces 2014. And why did you join Laces? I joined Laces because Laces were taking people out of the streets, giving some lot of encouragement, so I put my name on the John Laces to encourage me to stay out of the streets. And what is life like in the streets? It's very, life on the street is very difficult. It's not really good for, for a human. Can, can you tell me some of the things that happen on the streets? Some of the things that happen on the streets Life can be so difficult for you on the street. People in foul lady or right. Things are supposed to be right for you. People, things what people are not supposed to do to you. Like they can do. People fighting you on the street, choking one another. If you are on the street, if they fighting, they get tend to you, choke you too for free and kill you. So many people on the street. Here is the struggle I face when interviewing women, men. Not always, but often there's a natural comfort and dynamic between two women sharing their lives that is abruptly interrupted by the presence of a man. Um, okay, I'm just going to wait a minute. Especially an unwelcome one. I usually try and wait, intentionally making the conversation boring or quiet in the hopes that they naturally walk away. Sometimes it works. Hi. How are you? This time it didn't. And I had to be the abrupt one and interrupt my own interview. But it was worth it to hear Charletta continue sharing. What is, and how do you feel when you go to Laces? I feel fine and good. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You're, you're in the, the frame. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so how do you feel when you go to Lazy? Whenever I go to Lazy, I feel fun. Okay. Because they gave me good word and encouragement to stay out of the streets. And they train me. They teach me the Lazy song and all. Oh. 
They teach me how to play football. Hey. Hey, who is that? Yes, my baby. Do you bring your baby to laces? Yes. I get him the laces. Whenever I ever want to go for practice, I get him this. Wow. <laughs> and does someone watch him for you while you play? Yes, someone can watch him for me when, when I play. The coaches can watch him. When I go, they can throw him. They be taking care of him. Hey. Hey. Do you have a favorite song? Yes. Can you sing it for me? I've seen the change Laces has made in the lives of children. A familiar warmth came over me as Charlotte was singing, and I could see how Laces had changed her life as a 17-year-old young mother. I am not a mother, but I could relate to Charlotte's energy and excitement about football and how it changed her life as it had done for me. It is not an easy narrative to tell in a short two to three minute video. It's almost like even though there is a shorter period of time, there's more room for judgment to be inserted if the audience can't understand how life-changing this program is for someone like Charlotte. That was amazing. Okay, I don't think I have any other questions. My last day on the ground in Liberia on that trip, I filmed nothing but football matches. The last one was the girls' kickball game. I filmed Charlotte as she was arriving with her baby tied to her back with some brightly colored African fabric. As the football kits and jerseys were handed out to the girls to change into, I wondered how this was going to work. I'm all for supporting women being able to bring their babies wherever they require, but I was a bit hesitant that this could lead to a health and safety issue that would not look good on camera. Charletta untied the baby from her back, and her coach Rita came over, took the baby, and tied it to her back. It was an incredibly loving and supportive gesture. I felt even on the other side of the lens. <laughs> If you want to understand more of the history of laces, Liberia, and see some actual fried greens before they're fried, watch my very first hour-long documentary, Power of Play, on my Vimeo, and visit laces.org. And that's it for today. Back next week from my own correspondent. Do join me.